This is Baby Hour, radio for parenting. Hello and a very warm welcome to another Baby Hour. I'm your host, Carolyn M., and it's my absolute great pleasure to introduce Nina Meehan today as our expert guest here on Baby Hour. As well as being the CEO of Bay Area Children's Theatre, Nina shares her vision of creative mindset in parenting. Hi, Nina, and a very warm welcome to Baby Hour. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. We're just going to go right into it because I don't really know what you mean by a creative mindset in parenting. So tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, and how you can help our young parents today. Absolutely. So creative parenting is a a way of thinking about the parenting process that gives parents the opportunity to experience just a little bit more joy in those daily rituals that can become kind of grinding and difficult, and also to relieve tension and find a little bit of ease in those really difficult moments. Um, And the idea is... Can I just ask you, what do you mean by the daily rituals? I mean, I think that's a little bit of broad term, no? Yeah. So, you know, when I talk to parents, the things that keep, you know, that come up over and over again around some of the sort of the challenge zones of parenting are things like, you know, bath time every single day and getting your shoes on to get out of the house and bedtime and breakfast, like all of these things that become just a daily part of our rituals, right. That we do with our kids every single day and can become laborious or challenging or moments when we're just not connecting with our kids. And those moments end up feeling difficult or uncomfortable, or even to be blunt, just boring and giving parents tools for creativity in those moments, or just in general, as they are raising their kids and going about their day-to-day lives can give parents a moment of laughter, a moment of connection, which is really important. A moment where things become a little bit less serious or less challenging when they're interacting with their kids. So for instance, you know, no, you know, it's it's so simple what you're saying, but you know, like, it's like, what, you know, how did we, how do, why didn't nobody, nobody think of this before, you know, (laughs) well well done you. So, so, so give us, so you've explained to us really, you know, what, what it is really it's engagement within the, the normal not well, obviously it's an engagement in a fun a uh, manner in an engaging a uh, connecting manner the parents feel comfortable and also they're enjoying their parenting because it is quite laborious parenting and we don't we really we really don't have um a lot of textbooks to you know to explain to us and nowadays we have what's called overload on the internet, the parents are checking on everything. Is my baby doing it at the same time as my next door neighbor's baby? Her, her baby's opening his left eye a little bit more than the right eye, and what do I do? And then, then they get 3,000 answers for everything, and that just gets them more confused and more frustrated. So this is like a more simple um, explanation, a fun and simple explanation. And do you run actual courses for parents? Um, Yes, I do have um, online workshops and I do a lot of speaking engagements and things like that with like large groups of parents who are looking, you know, schools and that kind of thing. And the reason that I think it's so important is that exactly what you were just saying, we are in a moment of parent overload. I love that term where 
everyone thinks they need to do it right. Like there's some right answer on how you're, you know, if I don't do this, everything's going to be a disaster. And it's like, no, actually the language of children is the language of creative play and imagination. So if we as parents can go back and connect to our creative play and our imagination, it just makes communication easier. I mean, when you're trying to talk to a two-year-old or a three-year-old, they're not talking about deadlines and checklists and developmental milestones, right? Like that's just not something they care about. But we as parents have been trained to say, oh, well, I've got to make sure I'm checking every box. And oh, well, I saw on Instagram or on Facebook, I was told. Right? So there's so many of these sort of boxes that we're being put in. And what I'm just trying to encourage parents to do is to reach back into their own childhood. How did you play? How did you engage creatively or with your imagination? Are you a person who loves music? Are you a person who loves to move their body and dance? Are you a person who loves a good game and a scavenger hunt? What did you, if you can tap into maybe what you did as a child or what feeds your soul and use that in your parenting, it can make every moment just feel a little bit lighter and I would, say, I would say it makes, it makes every moment wonderful, you know, you, when we're really thanking and blessing for every moment that we have. It's kind of like when I say to parents that um, I think the children are happy to go instantaneously to the nursery and when they're younger. Why? Because they're on the floor, for example, or they're low down and they're actually got people on their level which, you know, when they're talking. So maybe that's a good point to, to bring in, like be on the floor maybe with your children rather than the, your children being looking up to you. Because it's not natural. You, you don't look up to somebody when you're talking to them. Well, I know there's some people that they kind of <laughs> demand that you do look up to them, you know, uh, metaphorically speaking, obviously. But, you know, children, they, I think a lot of things, a lot of it's to, connection is to do with levels and, and eye contact. Absolutely. Uh, and I think maybe if you're on the floor when you're trying to put somebody's shoes on, if you're actually on the floor as well, then it might be it might be quite helpful. Is this kind of something the concept of uh, am I am I grasping it or? Absolutely. So I mean, the first thing I will always tell a parent, you know, is kneel down, get down low. Let's let's make our voices a little bit quieter. You know, the kindergarten teachers of the world they know what they're doing and the librarians. And the reason is that for a child, if we can bring our voices low, it brings them into the story. Ooh, maybe something mysterious is happening, right? So we have all these tools of our voice and our body, and let's use the example of putting on shoes. So, you know, so let's say you get down on their level and you're now, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm a mom. I'm trying to get my, my five-year-old out the door. I have a five-year-old, right? And, oh, you know, and we're late for the dentist's office, right? So I'm immediately stressed. I'm in that zone of like, gotta do this, gotta get out the door. Well, that's not where my five-year-old is at all, right? She's busy having a, you know, a, te- a telephone conversation with her best friend, the unicorn. And it's a really great imagination conversation. And she's having a wonderful time. Why would she possibly want to interrupt that conversation for something that is not her priority? So let's say I get down on the floor and I say, hey, Meadow, I, I know you're talking to your best friend, the unicorn on the phone right now. And guess what? I just texted the unicorn also. Um, the unicorn is super excited because he, I told him that you have a dentist appointment and he's wondering what it's like to go to the dentist. Could you tell the unicorn about what you need to do to get to the dentist? 
And then she'll go in that imaginative world, right? She will continue the story. And in that moment, I can say, oh, cool. Let's make sure we get our shoes on. Hey, can, can you make sure that you tell the unicorn how to get your shoes on so you can go to the dentist or whatever it is? There's so, there are many, many different ways of using story, using imagination, but engaging in their language. You know, I, I tell a story about my, my first, I, my, my father was a professor. So I traveled a lot over all over the world when I was a kid. And when I was four years old, I traveled to, um, Europe for the first time. And I have all of these distinct memories of the undersides of tables because we would go to restaurants and my view, my vantage point was looking at the underside of all of the restaurant tables. And I think, you know, as parents and adults, like we do, we forget that our children just, they literally see the world from a different vantage point. And the more that we can meet them where they are, the easier it is for us to have those moments where we're giggling and getting the thing done that needs to get done. And the, the child's language, I mean, they're, the way they learn, I mean, is play. That is why we have play-based preschool, right? Is play is how they learn. So we, if we can find our moment where we take that deep breath, where we calm ourselves down from the stress of our checklist and say, okay, what creative toolkit can I pull out of my back pocket right now to help make this moment more fun and use my kids' language? Should I sing a song about putting on our shoes? Should I put on a silly dance song and we get to dance and freeze and in the freeze, we have to put on our shoes? Like what are the ways that we can make it into a game or an art experience or a creative imagination experience? Okay, so I just got to say here, now some people are gonna say to me, well, aren't you just gonna? Aren't you just spoiling them? Just giving it them their way, and and aren't they just gonna turn out a little madam or a little sir and expect that every everything is a game? You know, from from now onwards. Well, when we get to junior school or primary school, as we call it, then it kind of stops being a game. I'm not sure if this is a good thing. I'm not sure if that's not such a good thing. You might be on the maybe that's not such a good thing. Maybe they should be moving a little bit more into the other way. But uh, when when is it that they when do we become no it's not it's it's fun it's fun but it's not a, everything's not a game you know putting on your shoes is not a game it's part of the routine of the daily life and yes we can have some fun but it, it we can't play all the time that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I guess I would say to that parent. Um, to really look at the developmental milestones of where your child is at, right? Because the difference between a three-year-old and a nine-year-old is substantial. And absolutely, when a child hits nine, 10, 11, there are moments when the, the lesson is, hey, sometimes you just got to do the thing and that's what has to happen. And how do we talk about that and have open communication? But I would argue that if you start at age three, by speaking their language and using that game and that imaginative play, by the time you reach age nine, you are now spent six years having harmonious moments and harmonious conversations that aren't um, grounded in tension. So the opportunity to sort of slowly start to teach that in those moments will come organically because you're not starting from a, a place of tension. I mean, we all know, right? If we're, if we're trying to hold on to something and we hold super, super, super tight 
all we're doing is creating tension in our bodies and creating tension in our moments. Sometimes it's more about relaxing and releasing. And that's how we're going to be able to achieve the outcome that we need. In the end, what matters is, did the kid get their shoe on? Did you get to the dentist, right? That's the outcome that I care about. And there's lots of different paths you can get there. And if the path is a, ten- is a tense path and a difficult path, that's setting you up for a pattern. So that by age nine, by, by age 10, that's the expectation, right? The child expects tension. They expect challenge. But if we can start with ease, as we get to that place where the conversation shifts from, yeah, you know what? Everything in life is not a game. And sometimes you just got to put on your shoes. But the expectation is easeful communication instead of that expectation of tension. Okay, now the next question is going to be a little bit, um, there's a lot of people that's that's going to say it's a bit airy-fairy what you're talking about. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, so let's say, for example, um, that... uh, so your child is, goes off to the grandma or something for the weekend and the grandma's uh, expectations and the grandma's um, way of doing things are not quite the same. Um, so how does this, uh, how does it blend or how does it mix? You know, um, I mean, is your child going to say, oh, granny, I'm going to, well, can we put, the, put your shoes on music, granny, please, you know, and, and uh, stuff like this. I mean, how does it work alongside that, you know, or, or in the nursery, as you say, when, when they reach the nursery and, and it's, it's circle time, for example. Um, obviously, there's different, different approaches to circle time. Uh, and so how does your child, how does they, how do they react you know, with, with, with your teachings, how do they react alongside other kids or other parents or grandparents who haven't had the same uh, teachings or learnings or processes? Well, I'm going to, so I'm going to address two things. So first you were talking about sort of this notion of it being airy fairy. And I, I completely understand that, um, uh, that concern, but I would argue you know, if we look at the people in our world right now that are some of the most celebrated innovators, all folks who are innovators, who are entrepreneurs, who are bringing us all of the new technology, science, culture, creative experiences that we celebrate the most, those are all folks who are tapping into their own creative energy. And that only happens if that is encouraged as a child. So in terms of the sort of practical, you know, the, 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 for the parents out there who are like, I want to make sure my kid is going to succeed, I would say that the 21st century thinker and the person who's going to succeed in the job world that exists today has to be the person who knows how to think creatively and out of the box and collaboratively and all of those pieces that make a successful thinker. So that's my, that, that's my answer to, you know, is this, is this just silliness? No, it's not. It's actually really serious. I take creativity super seriously. Um, and then in terms of what your question about, like, well, what about other people? You know, kids are, they are multilingual. They learn so quickly the language that they need to speak or behave with different adults, right? I mean, even think about in a family that's, a, um, you know, a heterosexual couple with a mom and a dad, right? So the child as early as I me, mean, I saw this with my own kids as early as like 18 months, 
they would communicate and interact with me differently than my husband. And then when they start school, they learn another language, which is how to interact with that teacher or with grandma or with a caregiver. Kids are incredibly adept at understanding that different circumstances and different people require different kinds of behaviors. And so what I would say is set up the expectations you want in your home, create the environment you want in your family, and then everything else is out of your control and the child will adapt. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I was going to ask you to sum up, but I think you did sum up there in a few words. So what I'm going to do is, because we're just about to, about to run out of time, as we do, is I'm going to thank you ever so much. I mean, it's been an eye-opener for me, and I interview baby experts all the time, but I really love this. I mean, having fun, we, we, we don't even talk a lot about having fun bringing up your child. We really don't even talk about right? it. You know? It needs to be fun. It can be fun. It does require allowing yourself to find your inner play and find your inner child, but it 100% can be fun. I absolutely agree with you. And I'm sure we're going to get loads and loads of comments from our young parents and and even our older parents saying, oh gosh, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I think of that? Can I turn the clock back? So at this point, I'm going to thank you ever, ever so much for being with us on Baby Hour. I'm Carolyn M. And we hope you'll come and visit us again very soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and keep your dial to Baby Hour. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Baby Hour, radio for parenting.